Hello and welcome back to the What The Folk Sunland preview show. Sunland failed to break down 10 men's swans yet the weekend, but we've all had a little bit of time to breathe, get out of frustration and welcome Birm- Birmingham City even to the Stadium of Light for an early morning kickoff this Saturday. As always, we're here to preview the game and I'm delighted to be joined by Tommy from Birmingham City Podcast Blues Focus. Tommy, uh, it's been yeah, six months. How are you doing? Are you all right? It's great to come back on, man. Yeah, it's, uh, looking forward to the game on Saturday now. Going to say, not much has changed to Birmingham, has it? It's been pretty much the same. Ha ha ha. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I have been looking forward to it because I'm quite intrigued by what the hell's going on in Birmingham at the moment. I don't know if that's a positive or negative for you, but I'll try and give a bit of a timeline as far as I'm aware. October the 6th, you beat West Brom 3 1 at home. You go sixth in the league. Four years later, you sack John Eustace and appoint Wayne Rooney. Since then, you've took one point from four, you've dropped to 15th, and there's about a million questions I want to ask about that. But the first one, a month after John Eustace being sacked, does it feel like the right decision, early doors? Uh, no, definitely not. Um, <laughs> it, it's obviously evidence in the results as well. Um, and if form continues, then, you know, it, it will be the wrong decision. Um, you know, I can understand the club's... Um, I can understand their uh, viewpoints on it. I really can. You know, John Eustace was never going to be the the name to sort of take us forward. You know, they want that big name as their sort of uh, the idea of their company as a part of Blues. So Rooney sounded like a good gig. And, you know, I, I, I still am in favour of the decision, really, um, in the way that I feel like, you know, it's bringing a different mentality to us as a club. Um, and we've had this bad sort of, loser mentality particularly for every you know for for as long as I've um been a Blues fan you know it's just like uh, we're just always second best we're always pretty much in the championship always you know bouncing back and up up and down from the Premier League you know we're nothing that special really and it's that sort of self-pity that we sort of carry on ourselves and I feel like the owners are trying to change that and so bringing in a big name like Wayne Rooney should sort of support that a little bit and and his first three games were really nothing to shout about. Um, his first game against Middlesbrough, um, I was really expecting, you know, the exciting football. Um, perhaps it was just a bit of a teething process for him and some of the players, but we just didn't play the football that I was expecting us to. Uh, and then had a shocker against Hull, first home game for him. Um, really just flat dull it was an evening game as well so the support wasn't there and then we started to pick up against Southampton and then obviously we were really really unlucky not to win against Ipswich but I suppose you know um you know one point in four games you know it's not too much of a you wouldn't expect like that um it's like it's like not too much of a like you would see that happen to a manager. I got there eventually. You could see that happening to any sort of manager in the championship, but because he's new to the job, it makes it seem like a, a big deal. But in hindsight, and I definitely, I definitely did get frustrated. In hindsight, um, it, it, you know, it's just how managers go really when they're coming to new jobs. I think you look at the the games you've had as well, and if we're taking it totally out of context, and I'm sure there's more to it. Like Southampton on a good run of form, Hull have actually done mm-hmm. better than you might assume. Middlesbrough on a really good run of form and Ipswich, well, everything's there for their to see. So it's it's not as simple as 1.4 games. But what I found interesting, I've actually started watching his interviews because um, I think he waffles, if I'm honest. But <laughs> you'll know better than that because you've heard his press conference and stuff like that. But he's 
he so he spoke at length about what style he thinks is going to take to get out of the division. He spoke about how some teams who play a certain way won't get out of the division, and he wants fans to be patient because he's going to inject this new style. Um, yeah. So far, like I said, it's four games. His style hasn't implemented anything that would get you out of the division. Whereas Eustace has looked like a might have because he was six. But are you seeing any of this alleged style sort of coming out early doors? It's only four games. I know it takes time, but are you seeing what he wants to do even in? practice yeah um i can see it happening further up the pitch 100 percent um particularly in the last game against Ipswich, uh pressing from the front forcing errors and you know playing attractive football that the fans are you know wanting to see um so i can definitely see that um we were lucky to um, get an interview from really in the press conference the other day uh our guy zach uh did an interview with him so that was really great to just uh, have that as part of our channel. Um, and I feel like his mentality is different from John Eustace. John Eustace was very uh, collective. You know, he was quite supportive of his players. Very rarely, um, you know, sort of called them out on issues or anything. It was quite a, uh, like a sort of closed sort of policy, I think. So it's like whatever goes on in the dressing rooms, it stays in the dressing room. But I think Rooney's more open to mistakes on the pitch um he said in the last week's press conference uh after the switch game um you know some of the players who come on after the substitutions were very unimpactful um which is something Eustace would just never have said really it would have been um you know he might have even taken some of the uh uh, backlash from himself, you know, um, perhaps they would have said that, you know, it was, you know, my mistake to bring on those players. But I feel with Rooney, he's, you know, he's trying to match the demands that are being set by the board. And it's this sort of new winning mentality, which has been a sort of a buzzword lately. Um, and and I, I get it, you know, and I completely, I don't, I don't particularly agree with it, but I, I completely get it because you've got to drive for better and you've got to demand better whether it's going to work with this group of players, we're not entirely sure. Um, but it might work with other players that he might be able to get in January. But I don't know. It's interesting to see how his mentality is different. Obviously, the players aren't used to it because they've been, you know, very uh, opposite manager in John Eustace being very supportive and publicly very supportive as well. And then Rooney's just, he's not being harshly critical. He's being constructively critical. Um, but to have those two differences in a space of sh- short space of time, I suppose it can be a bit um uh a bit bit odd for some of the players, but you know, we'll 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 obviously determine how good he turns out he turns out at the end of his time with us. But you know, it's, it's all still work in progress. I'm absolutely sure about that. Yeah, yeah, it has to be. I think either way, I think it just it, you can't really judge that fast as much as it seemed like some fans did. I did see the video when he was getting, she would say, some choice words yeah. at him. Just interesting because I understand the frustration from Birmingham fans. I do get it, but even after two games, it felt a little bit too much. And I think if you look at his last game, look, Ipswich have had a really good season. Um, mm. You can't deny that. Obviously, they drew the last two, but they're, they're so far ahead in second place of some really good teams. And you know, he's lost his first three games. Then he's gone within a minute of drawing against Ipswich, who we've just totally talked up there in the best part of 30 seconds. So, mm. you know, looking at the performance against Ipswich, for the fans who we're really not sold on this idea of when Rooney, you could see the ones that were there. And I'm, I'm aware it might've been a minority that were abusive, but there's signs of life that Rooney can turn this around. There's the Birmingham fans starting to come on board or the ones that weren't too sure, like starting to go, okay, well, fair enough. Let's go for this. 
Um, yeah, I don't know anybody who I don't know anybody personally who was against completely against Rooney. It was just like not even going to willing to give him a chance. Um, but I, I, it's it's always difficult because social media isn't the real world. So trying to determine what fans feel about uh, Rooney and that sort of thing, because obviously the it, it it always sways between you know what's the uh, the popular thing to say at the time because after the whole game barely anybody was giving him any uh, praise or anything for his style of football or whatever. Everybody was calling him, calling for his, you know, you know, they were really upset with him, myself included. You know, I didn't publicly show it in the way that some fans did. Um, but of course, that's their own choice. You know, they're more than able to say those things. But now, after we've had a good game against Ipswich, you know, it's more balanced again. Um, so it's, it is tricky to say. Uh, it depends what happens on Saturday again. Um, if we win, you know, I say that, you know, 90% of the fan base are feeling quite happy again. Uh, if we'd lose, then I say it's about 50, maybe slightly under half percent. But if we get battered, then it's starting to fall back into that category again, because then you start to look at the form. So it's either if we win, it's like we're progressing and we're getting better. Or if we lose and get pretty <laughs> mullered, then I imagine that we're going to probably go back that way and say, oh, well, form represents it. You know, he's got to go. And those people will have the bigger voice then. Um, so it's it's tricky to work out whether people are warming to him, but the only way that we will know is if he does win some games. So he's still yet to win his first game, so he's got to try and do it. You know, he's got to pull that out of the bag. Looking back at, at John Eustace, like he obviously wasn't the biggest name. I think he didn't at Kidderminster Harriers previously before that, and then he came to Birmingham, and some people thought it was a big risk. And I think you were tipped to go down last season. I remember when we came up from League One, a lot of people said, well, you've only got to finish above Birmingham and Reading, which is what they said at the time, and one of them correct. Um, as it was, Birmingham were, were more than comfortable, more than safe, if unexciting. So when you look back at the, the John Eustace time, is it kind of almost give Rooney more difficult time that Eustace came through that period of A, uncertainty, B, pessimism, and did actually quite well? Has that made his job even harder? Because I'm imagining Eustace is, is well-remembered. Are respected, yeah. I, I'd say uh, amongst most fans, you know, uh, I definitely respected him. He, um, I don't think he had much riding on him, I think, because had we had gone down that season, I think it would have been like, oh, you know, sort of we sort of see it coming. Um, but it was a surprise that we started playing really well because you look back on the team that we had. I mean, I always um, refer to Manny Longello, who's our left back, uh, or was our left back for that season, he had played like a couple maybe like a, a Europa League game for West Ham before he joined us his first team action before that though was just like none you know he'd literally never done it before um, and so to come straight into us who was a struggling a struggling team at the time um, you know we were in a similar situation when we guys when we played you guys last season for the first time you know we were playing really well and we are in sixth and then things started to fall away from that point there but I don't know. I feel like Eustace, I mean, it was awful towards the end of the season, last season. Um, it was just because we weren't going to go down and you were sort of working out who was going to stay and when the owners were going to come in or not. There was all sorts of talk and that. It was just really poor and, you know, it, it was bad football, really. We just we, You knew we were going to lose that last game against Sheffield United as well. So... I think in terms of how it finished was at the wrong time for Eustace, but I'd say he had a fairly successful time really with us for the, 
for his managerial his managerial record before us and his sort of status as a manager, he was well, he was a coach really. I don't think he's a manager. Um, he was uh, he came in and he did a very decent job, you know. And I don't think anybody can take that away from him. Anything I would say hit to him as a as a manager, um, looking just on the pitch really. Um, I don't think he'll get another job. Um, by the way that he played with us, you know, he just seemed a bit too cautious at times, um, which I don't think teams, unless they are looking just to stay up, would employ him for that reason. I feel like hey, he missed a bit of a chance with us when we were playing better to really go for the kill and really go for it. And perhaps that's why the board and people like that were looking to move him on then and get someone in like Rooney to take a chance on Rooney because they knew what they were going to get with Eustace. And it was a bit like, well, are we really going to play this slightly defensive football for the next two years? It's like, ah, we'll take a risk on Rooney. And it's it's a shame as well because the last two games, I'm pretty sure he was told before then that he was like, we're getting Wayne Rooney. And I think he then just went, right, I'll just play the football I want. It turns out it was the best football he'd ever played for us in that time in that, uh, between Huddersfield and uh, West Brom game. So it's just like, perhaps missed an opportunity there. But yeah, I think he's mostly favoured by the fans um, in his time at Blues. Yeah, certainly seems to. Um, last time you were on, we had a, a really long conversation about not Jude, but Job. Um, yeah. I think it was April we spoke and, and we, we had alleged interest at that point and we spoke about Mike Dodds and Christian Speakman's involvement and yeah. potentially the move. And as it was, he became our first signing in the summer. I think pretty much the season ended and it felt like he was almost here. I think it took a few more weeks than that, but you know, my memory's not as good as it used to be. <laughs> For Sunderland, he's been a, a really exciting project he's fitted in really well and he could probably do the rest at the moment but like to be fair he has looked very good and I think probably better than what some of us would have expected what are Birmingham's fans thoughts on A's departure and and the start that he's made with something from what you've seen I mean I really like him that's just my personal opinion uh, I think most of the fans do as well you know there's a great attachment with the Bellingham family uh, obviously Jude his transfer money kept us afloat in that uh, period there um, and Job you know he was I mean let's face it he's not of the quality that Jude is you know he's I, I mean I would say he is the best player in the world at this moment um, agree. 100% he, agree. he's been absolutely fantastic for Real Madrid I remember travelling back from um, Southampton and seeing the goal he scored in the El Clasico and just thinking what the that's insane that is um, but what yeah literally player. he I think Job has got those elements in him um, and I think his move to Sunderland was like, um, it was sort of a thing that he is like a, his own sort of project in that way. Um, and he, he I, I don't think he would have ever got that with us looking in hindsight because, um, you know, the, the talk of the takeover, uh, it, it, obviously he was still our player technically when he joined, when the owners took over, um, but I think like we were talking about in April about Mike Dodds and Christian Speakman, you know, when we went to Charlton, uh, Jude's second game for us, I think it was his first start for us. Um, he was in the crowd with Mike Dodds and his dad. Um, and so, you know, the connection I always felt, and I might be entirely wrong on this, but I think the connection on the pitch at least was with Mike Dodds and not the club. Um, and I think Jude had more of both really so he was like he definitely had a better connection with blues and obviously that works with him being as as the star boy that he is as well 
Um, but I think, you know, it just makes sense really. And that's when it happened. That's when it happened. I was like, oh, that really doesn't surprise me to be honest. Like, I was, I was a little bit torn with it because it's like, oh, we're never going to see what he's going to be like for us and in front of a, a sell, sellout St. Andrews. But, you know, at the same time, I, I, I kind of, you know, he's got his own career. He's got his own things to do. And I feel like if he wants to go and play with Mike Dodds and Christian Speakman, then he is, isn't he? And they've obviously worked with him for such a long period of time that they've managed to build up a development. And then we had him on uh, the podcast about a year ago now. Um, and he said uh, about Job, he says like, Job is Job, you know, he's not Jude, he's not anybody else in the world. And so he's got like such a, he's got such a unique position where he can just be himself. Um, and I feel like that's his thing, isn't it? He doesn't need to walk in Jude's footsteps. He can go and do his own thing. So, uh, I mean, like he scored twice. I can't remember who it was against earlier in the yeah, season. Rotherham. Yeah, yeah. Rotherham, yeah. Yeah. He turned that game around and two very good goals. Well, he had a bit of a nightmare against Ipswich on his opening day. Uh, missed, missed, from, missed from um yeah. about two yards out. But, you know, it's all, I suppose that's all down to nerves. Um, and he obviously has redeemed himself since. Um, he played fantastically in the Sheffield Wednesday game away, as if I remember rightly, that was on the yeah. tally. That was, um, and just thinking, yeah, he's, he's gonna. And I mean, I, I hate to say this as a Blues fan, but I think Tony Mowbray would get the best out of him as well. Um, he just seems to have that style. Of, I mean, every time we we play his um, team, so we played Blackburn a couple of years ago, and they just absolutely tore us to pieces. It was amazing, like. The football they got him, the he'd gotten playing was absolutely brilliant. They beat us about four 0 or something. Um, Red Cadro, who's who was on loan with us last season, towards the end of last season, was just absolutely tearing us apart. So I think his style of football and he can sort of integrate Joe in over time. So he's still a young kid as well. I think he's what still 17, 18? He just turned eighteen, like just month, turned eighteen. Yeah, yeah. So like he, he's got plenty of time to uh, develop and you know, start to really push on. And like with Jude, like obviously he was playing for Dortmund, but you consider his, you know, consider where he is now and consider where Jude was when he was 18. You know, it, it takes time and who knows, you know. It, it, the thing is, it's a good thing we're playing in England as well. And the way he is as well, he's got the opportunity to go up into the Premier League. You know, there is any, there is all the possibilities that he could just, go straight to being another great player you know but I wish him nothing but a good luck really I know some fans are a little bit um, I don't want to say bitter because that makes it sound and gives off the wrong impression but I don't know I think they were just a bit upset really the fact that he decided to leave us for some of them but I could just see the Mike Dodds link so I was just like makes sense really in my opinion I think I could I think I could see if I take off my rose tinted sun and glasses it's a championship club to a championship club Obviously, I think Sunderland at the time and still probably do feel a little bit further ahead than what Birmingham are at the moment. And Job's obviously a Birmingham fan, or so he says he is. So I can understand the frustration, but from a Sunderland perspective, I also understand the move. I think you've summed it up quite well. I think Mike Dodds and Speakman had a hell of a lot to do with that. Yeah. I, obviously, we're never going to have Jude at either club for, um, anymore for you, unfortunately. Um, but I did want to touch on the fact that I found it hilarious that um, a Two players that played for us both, Craig Gardner and Seb Larson, were apparently Jude Bellingham's heroes. I mean, well, Jude's <laughs> Jude's in the same would have been in the same year as me at school. Um, I'm about uh, about eight months older than him. He was born in June. I was born in October. Um, 
but yeah, it's it's a ridiculous thing to think of. But they probably would have been his heroes growing up. I mean, it's it's mental to think that really. But you know, they were mine as well. That Carling Cup team. Uh, it was perhaps some of my best memories growing up as a Blues fan. Obviously, we finished ninth the season before with players like um, Cameron Jerome and Kevin Phillips, uh, Christian Benitez, of course. Like Kevin um, Phillips wasn't too bad of a player. Mm, yeah, yeah, he got, <laughs> yeah, got us promoted the season before. Um, and obviously done like a, a massive job for you guys, the Sunderland as well, yeah? You could say um, <laughs> But of course, you know, it's, it's, it's weird how sort of football works around itself because obviously Greg Gardner's still involved with us at Blues and Seb Larson um, you know he spent a very long amount of time at Sunderland in the end um, but you know they they were massive in the way that the Blues were in that time in the late 2010s um, early 2010s sorry but you know it was like he really that I think that, that sort of era like um uh, blues fans in like the early 20s now will have fond memories of those players um and you know it, it is strange thinking about it but that you know they were they were great players at the time you know they league cup winners you know for god's sake you're touching it before about the way that job left um and i twitter's not a barometer for anything you said before social media is not real life and i couldn't have agreed with yeah. it more but what kind of reception is he is he likely to get job if he gets one at all i know he didn't play that many games uh, I'd like to think he gets a, an applause or at least not a boo um, because I know some fans can be a bit, you know, hostile sometimes. And, and you know, that's fair enough, you know, play people who have to have whatever opinion, you know, but I, I definitely won't be booing him. I, yeah, I, I, I think he'd get a good reception. Um, I don't think people are going to go mad at him unless, you know, it, it depends really you know, if he scores against us and God forbid he, he starts, you know, given the classic Jude Bellingham celebration towards us in the top, then I don't know what's going to happen, really. I mean, I'd be very disappointed if that does happen. But, you know, I, 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 I even if he does score, um, I, I, I do think he he won't celebrate. I'm crossing all no. my fingers, really, just for that. <laughs> Modern-day footballer, I think, he, he's, you know what, to be fair to him, I think, as Sunderland fans, and I can't speak for everyone, but it, it seems in the main we've been quite surprised by... A, how mature he is on the pitch. B, how mature he is off the pitch. He seems to be... I mean, it looks like that Bellingham family is on a pretty good stock. Um, mm. Obviously, he's he's got very good parents when you read stuff. And I think the kids are obviously well put together. So I think, you know, modern-day footballers tend not to celebrate against their former clubs anyway. I think he... I'd like to think he would, but at the same time, that's just <laughs> the, the devil inside me, I think. But... Um, <laughs> One player that could have played on sort of either side as well is, is Jay Stansfield. We were obviously heavily linked to him. And I think at one point we even had a full-on discussion on our like review show because I, I believe he was at the stadium. Like, I can't remember which game it was. Then as it was, he, he went to Birmingham. Um, he wanted to remain close to his family on loan. I think everyone knows his family history. That makes total sense to me. And it makes complete yeah. sense why he wants to be close to his mom. Um, looks like he's been pretty decent, but, but how good has he been? Uh, I think he's been you know our, one of our best strikers since we lost Trey Adams a couple of seasons ago and he's got that similar flair to him actually he's um very alert I think that's probably the best thing you can tell he might not have the best of games and he might not score on the weekend but he just seems to know when to be switched on if that makes sense you know he's very uh you know aware of his surroundings you know he's always pressing from the front um he's always trying to get onto the end of things and you know his goal against um Ipswich on 
at the weekend was like a prime example of that. It was a poor shot from Bakuna, sort of didn't really spin into anything and the keeper's coming out to get it. But he's he's awake, he's alert and he's onto the ball and he scores from it. And, you know, that's pretty much the goals he has scored this season. But it's it's like the perfect fox in the box, but also with the ambition to take stuff on and be unpredictable, unorthodox and a handful for defenders really because he's, he's got like this sort of difficult way of sort of trying to mark him at the game. So two of his goals that he scored this season, uh, his first against Plymouth and his um, third, I think, against Preston, um, he sort of like, he cuts back on the player. Um, so he, he, he's, he's got the ball, but he tries to, he sort of puts the ball past the player towards the side of him and the player's all discombobulated and then he takes the shot on pretty much first time. Um, and I, I love that sort of stuff. And he's, we've had very few players who regularly take shots on as well. So like um, Che Adams, when he was with us uh, in 2019, when he had that big sort of breakthrough with 22 goals, he had that sort of just shoot on sight mentality. Um, and as soon as the goal was open or the goal sort of came into view, it was just like shoot. Uh, I think James Beattie really worked with him on that. He was um, his, his uh, striker coach at the time. And he's got that sort of thing with him. And I've, I've, I really like that because of how it, it just works. You know, I, I feel like um, players nowadays are trying to walk into the box and trying to, you know, build the play and everything. But like being the unpredictable, really tricky to mark player, it's it's really hard for people to try and stamp him out of the game. And that's why he's got five goals in his first, how many games? I think it's 14 games now he's played or something. I can't quite remember. It might be... Completely wrong with that stuff. I usually am. Um, but yeah, uh, he's been fantastic as well, I can say. Yeah, he looks really handy. I think, to be honest, obviously we brought in Bursto, Hamia and a, a young boy from Ukraine, as the Southern fans will know. And unfortunately, none of them have scored just yet. And Stansfield was the one we were linked to before any of those came in. So yeah, there does feel a bit of ne- inevitability about that on um, Saturday. But I understand there's a bit of an injury crisis with Birmingham at the minute. Is that right? Am I reading the newspaper sensational headlines and making them up? <laughs> when, it, when isn't there an injury crisis at Blues? We've had one yeah. in about... We have like one every season now. Um, maybe even two if we're lucky. But we've got a lot of injury-prone players. That's the problem. They're great. They're great quality players who could easily in my opinion, make a promotion side, really. You look at players like Ethan Lair, Dion Sanderson, Christian Bielik, uh, you know, players who have been at the top end of that championship before. Uh, some have been Premier League players as well, you know. So they're, they're with us because, you know, they can't stay uh, fit. They're, they're always injured, like Tyler Roberts. He's only played one game for us this season, yet he's, you know, been injured ever since. Uh, and he, his quality is clear to see. You know, he's fantastic. He was excellent against Swansea. Um, and some other players as well, like Sariki Dembele, who like, I'm an enormous fan of. You know, he's always picking up knocks and things here and there. Um, so, you know, it's it's just how they are, really. And, you know, they, they, they will make returns, of course. Christian Bielik's out for a little bit. Um, and Ethan Laird's just come out after being injured since August, I think it was. And he came back in. And he was absolutely fantastic again, you know. So it's like, um, I think it's just the sort of frustrating thing we're going to have to put up with this season. Lee Buchanan as well, still injured, excellent left back, played fantastically in his, all of his games this season so far. Um, and he gets injured, and then we're back being a bit of a average championship team, really. So 
I think that's just sort of how we're going to go this season. So, you know, I can't really think of other ways of putting it, but yeah, just we're, we're just a bit injury prone, really. Handy for us, I suppose. Um, <laughs> we've touched a lot on, on Job, obviously, for obvious reasons. Um, there's a few players that have had good starts of the season for us. Which ones have, have stood out for you? Like, which players would are you fearing most, shall we say, coming up this Saturday? Uh, Job. <laughs> I can't lie. It is definitely Job. I don't know. It's not really individuals. I feel like whenever I look at teams, particularly um, with, with Ipswich last week, uh, there wasn't a lot of individuals I was looking for. I was just looking for the ways that they were going to impact us, really. Um, because I, I, even though we are still building a team, that it's the individuals for us at the moment, I think, are probably the the the, the impact, really, and what's going to change the game. But I feel like a, a proper sound team like yourself, you know, so that they've built that team now. They've got that structure. They've made the playoffs last season and they're back there again in that sort of position again. So it's like, I don't think I'm really worried about individuals and definitely more concerned about how they're going to play and I, and sort of singling out sort of our own individuals, which I suppose I can get where Rooney's coming from. I wouldn't say that as a manager personally, um, but I feel like they could potentially pick certain players out of the game, like uh, maybe Manny Longello, maybe at left back if he plays at the weekend, you know, or Cody Drama has been playing at left back as well. Who's more predominantly a right back. So I, I those are the sort of the weaknesses I worry and as a team Sunderland and a more established team than we are currently that's the thing I perhaps worry about more there end of predictions um, I'm weirdly not feeling that confident this weekend I don't think we'll get beat <laughs> I don't know why I just feel like we really need to win and you know when you just have that kind of like feeling but I, I, I fancy a draw I actually think it's a more difficult game than we probably think we've got both our centre-halves out with suspension, which is not great, which means there's going to be changes regardless. But I won't take a 1-1, but I think it'll be a 1-1. But I'll um, I'll hand the judgment over to you as well for your side and your thoughts. Well, the last time I went to uh, Stadium of Light, it was 1-1. It was in 2017, just before Christmas. Uh, we took the lead through Sam Gallagher. And I think it was Lewis Graban who equalised for you guys. Oh, um, God, back, that was back in the day, Jesus. Yeah, back when we were... Both as terrible as each other. <laughs> we um, were specifically bad at that point, yeah. Yeah, really bad time for um, both of our histories, really. We were bottom at the time. It was ridiculous. Um, yeah, so that was the last time I went there as well, one. So I could see another draw. I think uh, it'd be typical of us to go and win 1-0. That's the sort of team that we are. It's like we, we played really well the week before uh, and don't win but deserve it. And then we'll probably just about scrape a win this week and probably not deserve it the way we did against Ipswich. So I, I think, uh, I, I, I don't know. It, it Again, it's just how typical Blues can be, really. So if we play really well, we probably won't win. But if we play all right, you know, just sort of pinch a goal, then I think we will win it. Um, unless we're typical Blues again, lose it in the 98th minutes or something like that. So it's, um, I don't know, I can't really see. But I, I, it's a... Firm and bold prediction, I'll go 1-0. I think we could perhaps nick something. Sounds very bold. Tommy, thanks as always for joining me, mate. Um, <laughs> have an much. awful Saturday. Um, and <laughs> in, honestly, but enjoy the rest of the season after that. Thanks for joining, mate. <laughs> Thank you very much, man. Appreciate it.